Hey y'all, this is Ryan Monso, the guy from GoCooks.com. This is Talking About Them Cougars, the only U of H podcast affiliated with Dave Campbell's Texas football. My co-host is Brad Towns, a former U of H athlete, and we're going to talk about tech, another U of H loss, and the frustrating way it happened. Brad, what's your main takeaway from what you saw in the tech game? It was terrible. Thank you, Brad. Now we go to the song. I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. Cougar athletes have to trust their coaches and teammates, whether it's going for it on fourth down, nailing that three-point shot, or trusting your teammate to hit that walk-off home run. If you've been in an accident, big or small, do not go it alone. You can trust Gus to fight for your maximum recovery. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. TrustGus.com. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. So first thoughts, that was bad. That was really bad. And we've seen U of H show you absolutely nothing in the TCU game, and that sucked, and then show you some offense for a half, only for it to be destroyed by special teams in the defense, and then a second half where nobody had any idea what they were doing. I guess there's maybe another way to lose, but those are, you know, kind of the big two. And you've already seen them both in two games in the Big 12. You haven't scored in the second half in the Big 12, I don't think. So how are you feeling, Brad? Well, I think I think you you pointed out something interesting there is that maybe I both I feel like yesterday was so bad because the first half we actually had hope that we actually looked competent in the first half. You know, and that's coming off of what we saw last week. It's like, "Oh, this looks good. This looks good." Yeah, I like this. I like this. And then all of a sudden, you're expecting, you know, a little bit more of the same, maybe a little bit, you know, couple of couple of tweaks here and there, and then nothing. It it looked like it looked like two completely different teams showed up. On your first five drives, you went seventy-five yards, touchdown. Seventy-five yards, touchdown. Seventy-five yards, touchdown. Punt. Seventy-five yards, touchdown. You had three hundred and twenty yards in five drives. 300 yards in the four touchdown drives. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, scoring touchdowns to finish those off. Touchdowns. Finished the drives. I mean, that's, that's plays, something we've struggled with for a long plays. time. Yeah, big pass plays. You had four guys catch a touchdown. It's been a long time since that's happened. Uh, Henry, the guy that caught the first touchdown, I, I don't know. I don't. I think he's caught a ball, but that's about it. Dalton Carnes caught a touchdown. Uh, Brown got in the end zone the first time. And then Manjack. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, it was effective. It was efficient. Um, and they looked good doing it. There was, a, there was that, you know, you get it. They got into that rhythm. They, they looked like they were, they really know what they were doing. There was intent behind everything. Um, moving with confidence. But then, you know, you go into halftime and they just left it all in halftime. They just left it all in the locker room. How, would, how, do you, how does that happen? I don't know. You just get out adjusted. Is it what happened in the first drive of the second half that deflates you? 
you have another fourth and one, and you, you go into shotgun and hand it off to Tony Mathis, who cannot get one yard. It's just hard to fathom like what happens in these halves, where you play one good half of football and one bad, and it flips sometimes, and then TCU don't play any halves of good football. UTSA, you don't play any good halves. I mean, <clears throat> Tulsa, coming you played out, a half. Coming out, of the, coming out of the third – or coming out for the third quarter – what we went, we get defense got a three and out. You know, you're sitting that you're worried that you're down seven at halftime and that they're getting the ball back. So you're yeah. worried is it, oh, they they can build a 14 point lead here. They, they can really make things happen. Well, guess what? We got a three and out. Yeah. That was a Jamal Morris um, drive, I believe, where he had the back to back plays with the sack and the, or maybe not a sack, but a hurry and then a pretty good tackle. And then, then we get the ball back. And then you go a short pass, little swing pass, screen pass to Parker Jenkins. Then you get get a, get that for twelve, what twelve, thirteen yards. Then you get a, yards. then you get four yards, four yard run with Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Then you avoid potential disaster. Disaster. But you got the ball back. You fumbled it, but you got the ball back. See, last year that would normally get be recovered. Well, Donovan didn't. That that was that was the kind of the bugaboo that he had at Texas Tech. It's just weird turnovers like that. Yeah, but well, we got the ball. We got the ball back, so we got a shot. You can't blame guess, that one on Donovan. Well, guess what? Guess what happens after that? Then the real adjustment happens. No, it had nothing to do with Texas Tech. All of a sudden, Parker Jenkins disappears. That's accurate. Completely disappears. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I think there was a. 30-play stretch where he touched the ball one time in the second half. It may have been 28 plays or snaps, but that can't happen. No. <clears throat> well, the, the strange thing was is that, okay, so we don't we end up not getting anything on that drive. It stalls out around the 50. So we punt the ball back to him. We get the ball back quick again, getting him off the field. Hey, well, you know, now it's time. Now it's time to actually make something happen. No, they go long for a touchdown. Then we get we're down at that point, forty two twenty eight. And Parker Jenkins. Do you is, think the game is over at that point? No. Okay. No, no, because I've seen us. I just saw us move the ball for an hour and a half, yeah. or an hour, however long the first half takes. Seems like forever with a million commercials. But then the first, the first carry of that next drive, second play, you get a run out of Parker Jenkins, and then he disappears again. And so I was. You know, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so are we in, are we in are we going to just start ripping it left and right, throwing it left and right? No, no, we ran what five more times that that drive, and then that's when the long silence of Parker Jenkins happens, and you don't see him back in. So I thought he might be injured, and next thing you know, I look up and he's catching a kickoff. Oh, yeah, I guess he's not injured. So I don't I don't know it. it it completely changes everything that this offense was effective at in the four quarters or at least three quarters of the game against Sam and then the first two quarters against Texas Tech because you've pulled the best weapon you have off the field. I guess you could argue Sam Brown is the other best weapon. But if you've got if you've got Jenkins as a constant threat in the backfield, then you can run your play action off of that. And they have to respect that because, you know, 
let, let's let's just be nice about it and say that that Mathis and Campbell they're going to get you a few yards here, but they're not going to hit you hard. No, and Texas Tech knows that. Yeah, and Stacy Sneed really was ineffective. I don't even know how many times he touched it. Was it just once? I believe. So. I think he caught a couple of passes. Okay, caught a couple so, of passes on the perimeter. I mean, but when you eliminate you when you eliminate that, when you eliminate that threat of a big a guy that's going to that can hit big plays that can make that can make plays out of nothing when you eliminate that threat well then you make the team a lot more one dimensional and so your defense changes all of a sudden their eyes are looking different too they're no longer having to really pay attention to everything that goes on in the backfield because hey you know give the ball to one of those other guys we'll get there no no worries about that but Jenkins brings a different dimension a lot more speed, a lot more quickness, more power, more strength, more explosiveness, more dynamic in everything that he can do, whether you catch the ball on the flat, whether he's busting through the busting through the line, breaking a couple of tackles. Um, he is somebody that you have to account for. The other two, not so much. You just kind of hurt them right to the middle where they're going to fall down. And so when you do that, you put extra pressure on on Donovan. You put extra pressure on the on the defensive backs. So then everybody's got to be a little bit better in everything else they do because you're not like we talked about last week. You're not slowing people down anymore. They're just mm-hmm. going off of off your, their reactions. They're just going off the read that you're giving them. You're not making them think. You're not making them do anything. You're pretty much pre planned and very one dimensional in, in what you're trying to do. I mean, I can understand, you know, bringing them out a couple plays, you know, get a breather, grab something to drink, get back in there, go at it again. Yeah. I, I, I fail to understand the reasoning. I am certain the play calls are not the problem. They're just not. No, no. In the post game, Dana talked about Big 12 bodies. He does this a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 a, it's convenient. It is convenient. It's especially but, when you're playing a Big 12 team. It's not convenient when you're playing Riser or UTSA. No. No, it's not. You struggled with a lot of teams last year that did not have Big 12 bodies. And the thought was, well, we'll be in the Big 12, and we're going to jump in the transfer portal and get some offensive linemen. You had Jalen Garth. You had uh, Hobdy Lee. You had Peyton Dunn. And the offensive line is the exact same five that you started last year with. They're, they didn't magically transform into Big 12 bodies. Mm-hmm. And you're complaining about the other team has them and you don't. Well, you had the opportunity to fix that. You've had several opportunities to fix that. And Garth and Hobby Lee and Dunn and your big-time recruit Pancake Hunter mm-hmm. apparently aren't better than the five we're seeing. And so all the depth that Dana talked about before the season, it's really not there. Right. There's no depth. There's no Big 12 bodies. And that's a huge problem when you're about to go into this gauntlet, uh, beginning with West Virginia through the end of the year. <laughs> what you got? No, I'm just I'm just thinking that that all of a sudden West Virginia has the West Virginia was the one that I had kind of circled as that's the one we should really that we should really lay a weapon on somebody. You remember at Big 12 Media Days? Yep. Neil Brown called out media members that voted his team last and said, we're not that team. We're not going to be that team. We're not the worst team in this league. And everybody said, okay, that's a guy taken up for his, his players. That's yeah. cool. That's fine. Oh, that turns so out cute. he's not wrong. <laughs> he must've seen our game tape. UCF 
and U of H and Cincinnati are all kind of there at the bottom. And frankly, Texas Tech is too. They just got the opportunity to play one of the bottom teams early. Yeah. I mean, Texas Tech was a one in three team coming into this. And they played Oregon close, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Win a game. And you you can't put four quarters together with this team, with this program. And I don't know how you fix that. Well, the, it, the guy that, on Cullen is paid $4 million a year to know how to fix that. And he's 52 games into it and doesn't know. Right. Well, I mean, if let's look at the game from yesterday. I mean, that's a good, our, co- our coaching, our coaching staff, our head coach and our defensive coordinator make the same that those two do. Yeah. They made more than they did last year when we were in G5 until these guys got a contract extension at the end of the season to bring them up to speed, to catch them up to where our coaches are. So let's not pretend that, oh my God, well, Texas Tech, I mean, they just got so much more money, they can afford better coaches. No, they they paid less. And then they're going up in, they're not, they're not good against anybody else, but they're plenty good against us. I mean, yeah. we at least, even though we got our doors blown off in the first half last year, we at least came back and fought at the end to put it into overtime. There was at least some positive you could take out of that game from last year, thinking that, hey, we're not that far away. Now it's, oh, God dang, we're But now we're, we're playing really Big far 12 away. bodies. We weren't playing Big 12 bodies, apparently, last year. Well, no, they, they, <clears throat> they grew exponentially over the year. Yeah. I mean, Texas Tech ran 26 plays in the second half. 26. That's like a good Army drive. Yeah. And you're fatigued? And your guys got at least a quarter off last weekend, and Tech only had three drives in the first half. So it's not like Tech just held onto the ball and ground you into the floor. Yeah. You can't be fatigued from that. Even if you only have a one line, you know, no backups. We're just playing these guys. You can't be fatigued. Oh, boy. And the scariest thought is that what if he's referring to the offense? That oh our offense you know that's asking a lot they're they're tired from running forty plays I mean if if we're getting if we're getting tired let me say something season, right now this early in the season then or not we're we've got major we've got more problems than we ever thought possible I don't think anyone took that comment as saying it was about the offense but maybe we should have maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't know. Our offensive line was thrown around so much that we had, you know, retired. That's what he's saying. Could be. (laughs) Holy crap. We were going too fast. We were going way too fast. We need to slow it down more. Yeah. Um, We have been talking about the offensive identity of this team. Well, since last year in podcasts and articles and other people are starting to pick up on that. Have you noticed? Yeah. Hey, you know, if 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 it's catching on, then you know those are questions. Those are questions that need to be asked, and it needs to be on the forefront of everybody. Every discussion around this program is because it it completely lacks any identity at all in all phases. That's not I true. Mean, you started a, showing some identity last week, and then you had some. I would argue for about a quarter of the tech game. You yeah, bled the into quarter. the second quarter, but yeah. you really just hit a couple big passes, and that's what what worked for you there well i mean it the, last week wasn't that much different 
okay, last week was a really explosive first quarter. First quarter looked great. Then it, it then it pulled pulled back a little bit in the second quarter. Um, very similar to it's it's like you know once you play out the script, then it just kind of starts slowing down a little bit. Maybe we need to write a longer script. That's what I'm thinking right now. Is why are we confining ourselves to these 15 or 20 play scripts? We need a longer script. Yeah, just double it. It can't be worse. Just copy and paste and put the script below it. So there you go. So you just did the exact same thing twice. Just run them all again. Just keep ri- keep running that script over and over again. And I think you're. I think you might find success. I think because it's weird. It's really weird that you know we t- we talked last week that you know I didn't see a lot from a physical standpoint that carries over, other than having some having. I don't want to use the words. word. I don't want to use the word identity, but having some kind of uh, coherent thought process uh-huh. going along, going along with the game plan that's going to build off of each other, plays that complement each other, plays that make sense that you can run multiple different things from from one singular look and really put the pressure on on a defense. Um, what I noticed this week compared to last week is that. We're throw, we were throw, we we weren't throwing behind the line of scrimmage near as much. We weren't keeping it in the flats near as much. We weren't spreading things out as much. We were trying to. It looked like more more focused on the seams and over the middle, which in and of itself is not bad. But I think that it lends it it helps you out if you're able to go sideline to sideline to really kind of pull those safeties in yeah. um, instead of being 15 yards deep, they're going to be, you know, 10 to 12 and they're going to have to account for that running back again. Um, so we, we changed up. We weren't, we weren't real short like we were last week. I think we're only eight passes behind the line of scrimmage this week, as opposed to 17 last week. Um, we went from 34% of our plays being play action last week to only 20% play action this week. So you're removing more decisions to go against a better opponent. It, 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 I've been hoping and wishing for one day for us to be able to have an offense again to where the mentality is we are going to do what we do best and we're going to make you deal with it. I'm not going to adjust to, I'm not going to adjust to you. I run what I run. It's your job to stop it. And if they learn how to, and if they do learn how to stop it, then you make the adjustment. But when things are going well, don't adjust it. Make them stop you before you make an adjustment. You don't make the adjustment for them to slow yourself down. That makes no sense to me. Don't think you only hurt the team. That's it. Just go. Just. I don't. I don't. I, I guess I'll never understand it. Maybe it's just like some 5D chess of how to be barely above 500 do just as no, enough as you can, possibly can to not get fired. I don't know. I don't know what the intent is here. And it, it's, it's not just this game. It's not just the TCU game. It's last year. It's the year before it's the year before that it's every freaking game. It's half a game here, half a game here, a quarter here, a quarter there. It's never consistent. You can go back and look at through every one of our games the last five years I would say at least 60% of them, we have a dead half where we do absolutely nothing. There's a I know lot. it's more, I, I know it's more than half from, the, from this time to the start of last year or the start of, yeah, the start of last season in 2020, more than half the games. It's more than half the half. games. And then quarters is way worse. So, 
I mean, this is this was the exact same game that we started. It was the exact same thing that happened whenever we played in played Texas Tech in Reliant. We jumped out what twenty one seven. The only difference yes. in this, the only difference between this game and last game, is that they scored two special teams touchdowns. But then in the second half, just like it, just like two years ago, in the second half. We were completely shut down. Looked like a completely different team. It's the exact same thing. Nothing's changed. The only thing's changed is the bodies. Now you've got two more, three more recruiting classes that have come through. Most of them, which are portal players, which you you've been getting them from Big Twelve schools, from the Pac twelve, couple of SEC guys. You're getting the quote unquote bodies, but what are you doing with them? Don't what you tell and I me. both agree on this is that you're not getting frontline guys from programs. Programs, players aren't saying, you know, I'm getting a lot of playing time here. Now I'm going to go to Houston and do the same. You're getting backups. You're getting the second guy. And it turns out the second guy is not better than the first guy. Not often. And, you know, Texas Tech chose uh, this guy, Morton, to be the backup, mm-hmm. which is why Donovan Smith left. Tony Mathis got pushed out. At West Virginia, I mean, it happens. And it's okay. If they come here and develop, awesome. If they become better players. But I'm not seeing that. Right. UTSA second half to Rice first half, 60 minutes, 14 points. Second half of TCU, shut out. Second half of Texas Tech, shut out. That's four halves. It's basically two games of play where you scored 14 points total. Mm-hmm. I mean, f- go back. Last year, first half of first half of uh, UTSA, seven points. First half of Texas Tech, three points. First half of Tulane, seven. First half of Memphis, seven. First half of Temple, 14. You're down 14, 19 to 14 at halftime. Temple, three and nine Temple. Bowl game last year, six points at halftime. I, I, it, it's, it's, it's maddening because it just, it, it happened. It's, it's been going on from day one. I mean, I'm, I'm looking here at previous stuff that I've written down. I mean, just bad half after bad half, half a game here, half a game here, half a game here, half a game here. But now it feels really convenient to say that we just don't have the big 12 bodies. Bullshit. That's not the excuse. That is an excuse. But it's not the excuse. That's just a symptom to the cancer that you've got going through this program. Would having a, a full roster? What would what would be what would go on right now if we had Texas roster? Do you think that they would be performing the way Texas is right now? What about OU? What about USC? No, they wouldn't. If this coaching staff flipped players with Tech yesterday, which one wins? Oh, we'd lose worse. What does that mean? They would take ours. McGuire and company would take ours and beat us with theirs worse than what we get beat. This roster is as good or better than Tech's roster? No, I think we have enough talent to compete. Okay. I think we've got a quarterback that's more capable. I think in Parker Jenkins, you have a better running back than what they had. I just think that their offense coordinator, Kitley, would absolutely destroy what we have. They had two running backs that had pretty good days. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, hard I mean, to... So, so did UTSA. Right. But Teflon Taj, I love the way he runs, where he hits a wall and he just bounces off. Well, I mean, you, 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 see, you, saw that exact same, you saw that exact same thing out of TCU. You saw the exact same thing out of UTSA. I mean, those guys don't 
they don't dick around back there. They get the ball and go. They're not slow to the line of scrimmage. When they run a run and play, they run it with with anger. They're not going slow to the line of scrimmage and and hoping that they find a hole. They're going to go hard if they if they can't find a hole. Guess what? They're going to bounce it. Worst case, they're going to push for a yard or two. We don't do that. We like to be slow, methodical, take our time getting to the hole, really visualize it, you know, try to zen your way through the line. Yeah. I don't know where this team goes from here. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure we'll hear I'm sure we'll hear in the next press conference of, you know, so and so is in X exposition group was challenged this week. Yeah, to do. you got to figure who the challenge was this week. Yeah, somebody's going to be challenged to do something, something better, something different. Um, you, you're just going to hear the, you're just going to hear the same thing, the same canned stuff that's going to end up contradicting everything that was said two weeks ago, and a month ago, and six, sixteen months ago, and thirty-two months ago. Um, it, it's the same, it's the same thing every every single week. I mean, the, the only thing changes is the name of the opponent. I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. If you've been injured in an auto accident, big or small, who you have on your team matters. You can trust Gus to get you the best possible results for your case. Call 866-TRUST-GUS. What was the biggest positive? Um, early on, I thought Donovan Smith threw the ball really well. Yeah, um, he did. Nice, nice touch, quick decisions, got the ball out fast. Um, in in. I'll I'll say this also, with him getting the ball out quicker, with us with us running, um, with us running a a style that's built around getting the ball out quicker. It's amazing how much better the offensive line looked. Early on, the offensive line looked like they were doing a really good job. They were opening up holes. And the thing is, with Parker Jenkins back there, you don't have to have a giant hole that you can run a truck through. Mm-hmm. Um, but they hit. They were they were quicker. They got the ball out. They're holding up the defensive line in the pass rush long enough to make a quick decision. Get the ball out. Get the ball out in three seconds. You're good to go. And I thought we did that really well early on. Um, I think we struggled with that later on, and and you could tell by the 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 more their pass rush heated up. And I wouldn't even say their pass rush heated up. We just slowed down. Yeah. Well, you started taking deeper drops and scanning the field. A lot more, and that's just going to lead to massive problems. Yeah, we just don't have time for that, and you no. know that's, and that's the one thing that that was made me enthusiastic about watching the film from last week, is that we played to our strengths and mitigated our weaknesses, and that's all you can really ask for from a strategical standpoint, is put your guys in the best position to make plays and utilize what they do really well. You know, don't, don't, don't ask this offensive line to try to blow people off the ball. I mean, you know, Dana said it straightforward in the, in the press conference is that you knew that they, you knew that they had guys that were big 350 pounders up front. So what'd you do? You called a fourth and one to run straight into them. Well, that, that didn't, that didn't work against UTSA and they didn't even have guys like that. Why did you think it was going to work now? Why did you think Mathis was the guy to do that? So I'm saying I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to be down on Mathis. You're asking him to do stuff that he might not be equipped to do. You're obviously asking the offensive line to do stuff that they're not equipped to do. So why do it? And then come back and say, oh, you know, the, the plays were right. Yeah, hey, the, the plays were right. They got to execute. 
They just got to execute. They got to push that 350-pound guy that I know that they can't do. That's my biggest problem with this whole narrative that the play calling is fine. It's the play calling is fine if you have the horses for the plays, but you clearly do not. So let's find better plays that work for these people. Mm -hmm. It's a total lie to say the play calls are fine. The, The play calls weren't the problem. They just weren't. It's they are. If you have guys that can't make them work, the play calls are the problem. Mm-hmm. You found things in play calling that work fine. Build off of that. That mm-hmm. is the right play call. Even if the play doesn't work, if you're trying to build off of what your guys can actually do, that's the right play call. Right. But on my first watch through this morning, um, in just- how many have you done, by the way? I've only done I've only done one. I usually do okay. about three. I usually do well, about three or my four. First. Okay. Well, yeah, it, it's, Go ahead. it's my first of the day. But one thing I did notice is we did run a couple of zone read or RPO read options. Um, we made wrong decisions on a couple of them, and I'm completely fine with that. Okay, yeah. the mistakes are mistakes are going to happen like that. But it was the it was the right call. You just got to make a better play. Yeah. But if you're sitting there and telling me that we don't have big 12 bodies and you're going to try to run through the middle of a line and then you tell me it's the call was correct, it was the right call, what did you expect what what did you expect was going to happen? Yeah. I mean if you if you know that you don't have the bodies for it, if you know that you've had trouble doing it, I mean maybe maybe you think that it's been successful you know two of 12 and some some universe is probably pretty good i mean as a hitter two or 12 i'm just i'm I'm just a couple of hits away from being great not so great on fourth downs though no no my biggest surprise was you did not turn the ball over at all not one time no and you lost by 21 scary like if they'd have turned it over three times and lost by 21 i'd be like well yeah that's what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know don't I mean, that's not rocket science. But instead of, I guess, instead of and, turning it, instead of turning it over, we gave up a kick return and a block punt. A block punt, yeah. <laughs> uh, Donovan was only sacked one time. Yeah. And so, if you just look at the numbers, you're like, what the? Five hundred yards of offense and no turnovers. And, hmm. I mean, if you're looking to project out for the season, it, it gets really scary when you think about it like that, because we didn't turn the ball over. We still got our doors blown off. Against UTSA, we got three turnovers, and we barely eked out a win. Accurate. One millimeter. I don't think you're going to have another game where you have so many blow-ups in special teams. You had the kick return, you had the the punt block, and you had the 15-yarder on the fair catch. Inside the five. Inside the five. Yeah. And uh, the kick that Jack Martin made was perfect. Like, Except. he could not have placed it in any better spot. Oh, I thought you were talking about the field goal. No, no, no. The kickoff. Oh, no, no. That was a, that was a, that was a good kick. I mean, it was a perfect kick. It was a perfect kick. Mm-hmm. Three yards deep. Nobody returns that anymore. And it was, <clears throat> and it was cornered. And typically, if you're going to return from the corner, you go field side. Like, 99% of times, that's what happens. Nobody mm-hmm. goes up the sideline. But this guy did. And... Yeah. Good for him. He made guys miss. Obvious hold calls weren't called, but that's going to happen. And yeah. you really didn't lay a hand on him. Well, and I, I said it during the game and said, I really want to be mad about that, but 
watching the replay of watching the Dude replay during the game, kid made an unbelievable run. And for him, yeah, we could have done we could have done a number of things. We could have done a number of things better, but the kid made a hell of a run. So I was like, well, you know, stuff happens. Uh, and the punt block was the normal U of H formation. It's a spread formation. You've got two gunners on each side. The long snapper is kind of a gunner too, since they can't be head up on him. But Tech had six guys on the line. You only have three linemen and three personal protectors. When the, when the long snapper goes, it's a six-on-five matchup. Right. And the, the three personal protectors all shifted to their right, meaning the guy coming from the right or the punter's left was left free. Right. And he basically got there too early to block the kick. I mean, it, it almost... <laughs> <laughs> it almost wasn't blocked because he was too early. Um, and I just don't, I, I looked at it and looked at it and I don't think Lane was slow. I don't think this, you know, I don't think any of the mechanisms were slow. They just schemed it up really well. And right. the gunners and, and the, the personal protector, the guy on the right, in this case, it's Nelson Caesar who makes the call. Right. He should have called somebody in. They needed another guy inside. And, the play clock was sort of running down. It had reset during the 40 seconds, and they reset it at some point. And they just made a great play. And uh, in the post game, Joey McGuire said that his special teams coach came to him and said, I think we can block a punt. And it was clear that this is what he was talking about, is they go, you know, six guys knowing they have the, the numbers matchup. Right. And maybe they'd seen we hadn't, I, I don't think anybody's come after a kick this year. Tech mm -hmm. kind of, or not Tech, TCU had a guy get close, but they didn't really come after it. It was just one guy. But nobody had, had really challenged them like that. And maybe they saw that vulnerability. I don't know. I think the other punts were all clean and good. Well, you can pretty much uh, guarantee that this is not the last time you're going to see it. No, no. I mean, everybody in the conference has already watched that video. Yeah. So, but the positive you, is, you, you know, the, the the positive is, is I think, um, I think our special teams coach has proven to be very adept at his job and will yes. will make the fixes necessary. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. Um, they got beat on that play. They got beat on the return. You made a great kick. You pinned him to the sideline. Nine hundred ninety nine out of a thousand, that guy doesn't make it to the twenty yard line, right. and this time he did. So that is shit happens. The punt, they beat you. So that's really all you can say about that. And it doesn't, it doesn't really help that we're just a poor tackling team overall. Yeah. Uh, that was the third game under Dana where you had no turnovers and were blown out. His first game against OU in 2019. Right. BYU in the COVID year of 2020 when they scored 22 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Right. And then last night. It's hard to get blown out after not turning the ball over. Yeah. And he's done it three times. Hmm. Well, at least in the first two, you were just completely outclassed. I guess, I guess technically you're completely outclassed this time, too. You really weren't, though. That's a bad football team. Yeah. Tech is not good. I mean, Everybody my, that had them in the top 20 this year were out of their minds. Well, my friends, all my tech friends, which the, the my best friends from growing up, were texting me during the week. They were they were taking U of H. They were putting money on U of H just well, because they lost they, their ass. 
they they told me straight up said our defense is horrible. I'm like, <laughs> you haven't seen anything yet. But yeah, they were they were they were really down on uh, on their team. And after watching this game, it's not like they're up. They just agree that we're not a good team. Kind of like how we felt against with the win over Sam Houston. That's kind of the feeling around that I get around tech people. Yeah. So the good news is you don't have to watch this again next weekend. The bad news is there's still seven games in conference, and I think you're going to be a home dog to West Virginia. You're going to be a big home dog to Texas, and then you're going to go to Kansas State and be a double-digit dog. Right. And then you go to Baylor, who, as we were recording after the game Saturday night, I thought had lost in a massive blowout, and then... We found out from comments that they had they had beaten UCF and damn Gus, I mean damn. <laughs> and so, Malzahn's gonna do Malzahn things. I mean, he is that, good when we for talk, at when, least one of those a year. When we talk preseason, this is one of the losses I was talking about that I think they could be really good, but there's gonna be a game or two where it's just gonna be scratching your head. What happened? Well, there you go. That's exactly what what we expected. Just didn't expect it with a twenty eight point lead. Yeah, at home, at home, bouncy house. Uh, but even you know, yeah, we we got seven games left, and we're probably going to take a beating in a number of them. I guess it's better than not having football. So I guess right now, who do you think this team beats? Um, I think they'd be pretty good in an inter-squad scrimmage. Do we? I think they'd be really good in an inter-squad if you're putting money on the offense. Um, see, we're on the road at Central Florida. We got Cincy at home. Cincy and Oklahoma State at home. I think we got a shot against Cincy. I think that's homecoming. Um, hey, my expectation before the year was West Virginia, Cincy, and UCF Ws. Toss-ups were. Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Well, as much as as much as I think I, I, I'd like to think that, hey, we got an off week. It's going to go well for us. We got a time to regroup and really put together a solid plan and add some extra plays to that script. Um, doesn't West Virginia have a week off too? I think they go somewhere. Oh nope, they have the week off too. Yeah, the, right. well, our week off advantage gone. Because if they're going to be if they're going to be game planning against us, I, I I'm not betting us. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're going to uh, break the wheel in 12 days to be able to overcome anybody trying to coach. Yeah, I mean, just bottle up the first what you did in the first quarter and just repeat that every single quarter. So just take your script and like reverse field on it. If you mm-hmm. ran it left, you run it right this time. I would be fine running the exact same thing. <laughs> you know, I was playing flag football like around the age of 35. Good God. I, uh, it was fun. It was a blast. And uh, our team sucked. We were the worst team in the league. And so I just put like four basic Art Browse plays on a paper plate. And we called it the paper plate offense. And we won our next game 70 to 10 or something. And... Every time we ran a play good, we would run all through our four, and then we would just flip the paper plate over and run it the other way. And I think Dana needs him a paper plate 
that'll work. Yeah. At this point, I mean, can it be worse? It cannot no. be worse. That's a fact check right there. I mean, I, God, I just, I'm, I mean, I'm literally staring at the stats right now, and I'm saying, how can it be so good in the first half and so abysmal in the second half? It's like you took everything that you did well and just threw it all out. So frustrating. But, I mean, at some point, that's on you. Dana is consistent. He does the same thing. True. You expect different things. It, you're you're 100% true. I know. He's not the problem. You're the problem. Yes. Yes, I am. I, I expect way too much. I expect not to be terrible. But, you well, know. That was dumb. One step forward, three steps back. You get blown out. You don't, I just don't understand how it's the same script. Every time you play a good first half, you get absolutely destroyed in the second half. Remember back to like 2019, U of H went to Central Florida and played a pretty good first half. They may have even led in that game in the first half. And then UCF just shut the door in the second half because they had better coaching and they made better adjustments. Cincinnati does the same thing. Nobody cares. Do what? Every time you play a good first half against a team that maybe you don't expect to, they make adjustments at the half and blow you out in that second half. Every year Dana's been here, that's been the case. Even in his good year of 2021, Peck did it, Cincinnati did it. And this year, it's happened a couple times. This is just not a good team. It's not a good program. And I think there's more talent on that roster at certain spots. There's no talent at some. But I think you have enough talent to be a little bit better than you've been, what you've shown. And I, I hope that there's a breakthrough at some point and egos get put to the side and U of H starts winning games. But I'm not hopeful. I'm not betting on it. I am thinking, little baby Jesus, that I get to have a nice weekend next weekend. There's no U of H game. Then we go seven straight weeks and right into basketball and, you know, but next weekend we're going to have fun. Brad, any final thoughts? Brad I need Towns. pizza. You need pizza? Yeah. Dar pizza. I don't, know. I don't know why. I was just thinking it. Dar pizza for your everyday needs. Star pizza. My absolute favorite place in Houston. And I'm not being paid to say that. You I'm are certainly not. I've been literally going there for, God, since I've. 30 years, Brad. 20, well, no, I've, uh, pro- mostly, I'd say 20 years I've been going there. Okay. Star Pizza. Two locations. Shepherd. Um, what is that? Virginia. And then a Washington. Good people. Doing a lot for U of H. A lot for U of H athletes. And that's all we've got. So check us out. GoCooks.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook and even YouTube and probably something else. And you know what? Support all the content creators for U of H. Scott and Holman podcast a couple times a week andy yanez and chris gardner and dayon dunlap at pod Jamma and let's rage cougs parker ainsworth has a show a daily show a video which i don't know how he does but he does it every day and support the daily cougar starns leland and all those guys and ladies do a great job and there are a lot of great content providers for you if you like audio if you like video if you like reading check them all out thanks so much for listening and play us out renew yeah boo
I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. As you know, a great quarterback wins championships. If you've been injured in an auto accident, big or small, you can trust Gus to quarterback your case. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. 